very practical helps today. Um, we just spent some time in the last service dealing with taking a stand and um, and uh, doing what's right according to God's Word. And I want to give some very practical helps today on some ways that we can do that. Um, it's amazing over the years when I was younger as a, as a preacher and, and just getting into ministry, most of the... Um, Preaching is on what we should do or why we should do it. Those are the two primary questions that are answered when most men preach. And very little preaching, it seemed like, was given in as to how how we did things. And so we were we were strongly motivated by what we should do and even by the motive of why we should do it. And a lot of times we would make decisions, and I used to get frustrated so many times in my own life because I would make a lot of decisions that, Lord, I'm going to do better in this area. And then I had no idea how I was going to accomplish that. And so I think it's important from time to time to not only teach the what and the why, but to also give some ideas and some thoughts on the how, how we go about accomplishing some of these things. And so today's message is going to kind of revolve around that mindset of how, uh, how should we do this? Uh, what are some steps we can take to stand fast and to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might? Look, look with me just by way of a, a thought to start with. Proverbs chapter 11. And Proverbs is known for a lot of its single verse messages. Sometimes it will use um, several verses together. But most of these are standalone uh, messages in and of themselves. <coughs> And uh, so I want to take a quick look here in uh, uh, Proverbs chapter number... Uh, do I have the right verse here? Uh, uh, I do not have the right verse here. I wrote the reference down wrong. I apologize. I have not done that in a while, so bear with me. Uh, if not, we'll use that one, I guess, but it's not the one I was looking for. Give me just a moment. Let me see if I've got it in one or two places here. I apologize for that. Let's see if I'm off by a chapter. That's not it either. Huh. That's interesting. Well, I guess we won't be preaching this afternoon. Let's go ahead and pray what we just missed. Appreciate you all being here this afternoon. All right. Um, well, we can. They're, they're all good. We'll just use one, okay? Does it matter? They're all, every verse in Scripture is given, right? Isn't that what the Bible says? Um, all right. Let's, let's, there, there are several that are relating to the, the verse I was looking for here in chapter 12. So let's go down to those. Uh, let's start in, um, in verse number 1. We'll go down probably through verse number 3. Uh, each of them kind of dealing along the lines of where we were going anyway. So, Whoso loveth instruction loveth knowledge, but he that hateth reproof is brutish. A good man obtaineth favor of the Lord. Now this is important that we understand. A good man obtaineth favor of the Lord, but a man of wicked devices will he condemn. A man shall not be established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous shall not be moved. And again, giving this idea of being strong in the Lord, being rooted in righteousness. And it's amazing that those verses in that, that first part of that chapter actually fit 
as well, if not better than the verse that I had originally written down. But uh, the idea of being rooted in this righteousness and uh, to live in a wicked way, he, the, the writer of this particular proverb uh, speaks of the fact that uh, the, the a man, in verse number 3, a man shall not be established by wickedness. In other words, he's going to be movable. He's going to have things uh, happen in his life. So we want to we do things in our life that give us the best opportunity uh, to stand strong in the Lord. Paul wrote um, to the Corinthians, he said, All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. And uh, he uses a phrase here that gives the idea of doing everything you can to give you the, the best advantage of overcoming uh, the things that are evil. And so even though all things are lawful in the fact that uh, he, if he sinned, he wasn't going to die and go to hell for those things, but uh, he, because now he was saved, but that doesn't mean that they're expedient for him to do. And uh, it's very important that we understand there need to be some things that we set, some principles, some guidelines, um, some landmarks, if you will, I guess would be a good term to use, in our life uh, making decisions that will help us to stand strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Now, I've jotted 14 of them down here and uh, to try to be a help. There was uh, Jonathan Edwards, if you take time to read about him, one of the great, great preachers of a number of years ago, uh, had 75 rules that he had written down to live by. And so I've tried to do something similar to that in writing some things down here uh, to try to be uh, uh, just pr- a practical help of things to live by, uh, to help us to be godly, to help us to live according to the things of the Lord. So let's, I'm going to go through these very quickly. Uh, number one, uh, we need to resolve in our hearts to do what we believe to be the most glory to God, uh, that which would be the most glory or bring, bring the most glory to God. Our sole purpose in this life is to lift Him up and to point men to Him. Uh, beyond anything we do, we are to glorify God. Uh, now, there are ways that we, you know, I've heard people say, well, soul winning, that ought to be the priority. Well, that's one of the ways that we can glorify God. But the ultimate thing in our life is that we need to do things that are going to bring glory to Him and, and the things that will bring the most glory to Him. Uh, I was listening to um, Clarence Sexton a number of years ago, and he preached a message, or a series of messages, on um, the idea and the gist of it was, not trying to, to choose between right and wrong. I think most anybody can discern and, and understand the difference between right and wrong. They said that the, the challenge of the Christian life is choosing between the good and the best, or discerning between the good and the best, and to try to always choose the best. And so not just to bring glory to God, but the things that bring the most glory to God, and to resolve in our lives that we're going to do uh, these things. Now, as we give you these, I would encourage you in this area that we uh, analyze our decision-making each day by asking questions from these. Uh, is this decision I'm about to make, is this thought that I'm about to, uh, to launch out and, and, and put into action, is this going to bring glory to God? And if it doesn't, then we refrain from it. Um, is the, thing, the, the activity I'm getting ready to involve myself in, does it bring glory to God? <coughs> and these are things that... Uh, really ought to just stem from the heart that is in tune with God's Word. So the next question to that is then, how do I know what brings glory to God? 
Uh, the only way we know what is going to bring glory to God is by reading His Word and understanding these things make God happy and these other things make God sad. They, they, they trouble His heart. They, they burden Him. They uh, make Him sad. And that's the only way we're going to know how we're going to glorify Him. Uh, to use our own wisdom and our own mindset is definitely going to fail. Uh, we must saturate ourselves and get into God's Word. So uh, to bring, do all that we can to bring the most glory to God in every aspect of our life. Uh, one of the things I think we ought to purpose ourselves in is to evaluate these things in our life ever, ever so often. And if we find ourselves drifting or falling away from them, uh, to kind of rededicate, take the time to rededicate our lives and say, I want to, I want to recommit to some things. Uh, the message in the 11 o'clock hour primarily was not to get men to make an initial decision to be firm and to be strong in the Lord. Most men have already done that but to kind of remind us that, hey, we may need to recommit these things to God. Uh, this may be something that we've let slip a little bit. And so I want to encourage us in that. Uh, number two, uh, we need to determine to make our relationship with God, our personal relationship with God, the priority of our lives. To make our personal relationship with God the priority of our lives. Uh, somebody years ago taught me that the greatest... Uh, the most important thing in the Christian life was soul winning. I love soul winning. I love sharing the gospel with folks. And every opportunity that I get, I enjoy that that uh, prospect of sharing the gospel. And it should be a very important part of the Christian's life. It ought to be our heart's desire to see lost people come to Christ. But it is not the most important thing in our life. The most important thing in my life, beyond soul winning, is my personal walk with God. If I go out here and share the gospel with many, many people, and I personally don't have a relationship with God and walk with God, then at the end of my life, I will have failed in a lot of areas. Um, Paul was very careful of this. He was always conscious of his walk with the Lord. And uh, he understood. He said, lest I myself should become a castaway. He said, uh, you know, my walk with God, my spirituality, my, my desire to live godly and to please God should come above everything else in my life. And so uh, we ought to purpose in our hearts to make our relationship with God a priority. Number three, we should never fear the consequences of doing what is right. We should purpose in our hearts never to fear the consequences of doing what is right. Uh, this is, we're living in a time where uh, men have lost their courage of doing what is right. They're afraid of the consequences of it in the world that we live in. And the truth is, men, men of God, men that live godly, uh, ought never to fear those consequences. It ought to be more important for them to do right according to God's Word than any consequence that man could bring on them. And so uh, we ought to purpose in our hearts. We ought to determine in our hearts. Uh, like the three Hebrew boys, like Daniel, when he purposed in his heart that he was not going to defile himself with the king's meat. Uh, when it came time for uh, Daniel to pray uh, to uh, the king of Persia, Darius, uh, the Bible says that he knelt three times a day, and it uses this phrase, as he did a time. He had purposed in his heart. It was his habit. It was his, it was his determination that I'm going to do this regardless of the consequence. And uh, we need a revival of this again in our hearts and our lives. So uh, never be a fearful of the consequences. Number <coughs> number five, never exaggerate the importance of lesser matters. 
it's amazing to me how often um, we major on things that are minor according to God's Word, and then we take the, the, the minor things of God's Word, and we make those the major things, and we take the major things of God's Word and make them minor. And God is the one who ought to set our priorities, not us. Uh, it's easy for us to say, well, I'd rather do this, or I'd rather do that. Uh, it ought to be the desire of our hearts to rather do what God says uh, and let Him set the priorities. If He makes something much of it, then we make something much of it. If He says that's little, then, then we make little of it. It lowers itself in priority. And uh, I used to, as a young person, I used to teach young people about always having a, a list of priorities and trying to always keep adjusting those, making sure they're uh, the way that they should be. And as I've gotten older, I've, I've kind of changed a little bit on my way of thinking on that because my mindset in the past had always been to uh, always be evaluating your list and making your list of priorities the way they should be. But the truth is God should make those, that priority list. I used to teach young people that uh, to uh, get God's uh, will on a matter and to say, uh, Lord, this is what I'd like to do, but I want to know your will in it. And I would kind of teach along those lines. At some point, it would do us well to say, Lord, I don't have a will. I want you to show me your plan for my life. And not come to Him with preconceived ideas or thoughts uh, so that we can let Him set the priorities of our life. And by the way, when He sets the priorities, it will almost invariably change our priorities. Because we never seem to have the same priorities God has. Uh, so very, very important that we never... Uh, exaggerate the importance of lesser matters. We make sure our priorities are in the right order. Number uh, five, we need to value. <coughs> we need to value and hold sacred the influence of our testimony. We need to value and hold sacred the influence of our testimony. Uh, our testimony is not always something we give a lot of thought to from day to day. Um, how people perceive us to be is not always what we are, uh, but we need to make sure that our testimony doesn't do anything to bring a reproach to the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't want to do anything to cause harm to the teaching of His Word or to cause people to look at me and, and for me to say, I, I trust in the Lord and He's my Savior and I want to follow after Him and I love Him, and then I go out here and live in such a way that it doesn't reflect that. Um, we need to hold dear and to cherish and to understand the importance of the influence of our testimony. And uh, that's something that needs to be evaluated regularly. I think daily ought to be a conscious thought in our minds that, Lord, how's my testimony? Show me how it is. If, if there's some things that need to change, then help me to see those things. Uh, number six, uh, we need to purpose and determine to be led by the Spirit rather than the, uh, the desire to imitate men. Um, that's, that's easy to apply when we're speaking of imitating men that are of a worldly nature. But the intent that I have in writing it this way is to imitate men, even, even what we perceive and consider to be Christian men. Because sometimes we'll follow a man and they are, they are flawed. And our desire will be to imitate them because we think highly of them. We think, boy, they're, they're godly men. But, but we need to be careful that we don't set that, that desire to imitate them above the desire to be filled and led by the Holy Spirit of God in our lives. Because at the end of the day, 
whether that man down the road does right or wrong is not something I have to give an account for. What I have to give an account for is, did I do right or wrong? I don't have to give an account for that man whether or not he was following Scripture and teaching it correctly or rightly. And this is something, I guess, more as a preacher that is difficult sometimes to do because we hear other preachers of like faith and practice that may teach something different. different. And our inclination will be, well, if the, if, the group, if the group mindset is this, then that must be the truth. And we regurgitate something from the pulpit that we claim to be truth. And the truth is, it's not necessarily what the Bible has taught or what the Holy Spirit has, has helped us to understand from Scripture. It's important that we make being led of the Spirit more important to us than the imitation of men. And I'm not just speaking here of, of worldly men. But even godly men, we have to be careful that we don't give that precedent to them, uh, that, that they have the preeminence over the leading of the Holy Spirit. Number seven, we need to determine uh, that we have nothing to prove in our lives to anyone, but we only have one to please. We don't have anything to prove to anyone, but we do have one that we must please. Uh, it, will, it will change how we live. You know, I used to, as a... As a Youth pastor, we dealt with the topic of peer pressure with teenagers all the time. I mean, it's just one of those things that teenagers are so susceptible to it. They're so uh, influenced by uh, those around them, easily influenced, easily swayed. They're they're like reeds in the wind. They're they're real uh, flexible. They're they're very pliant uh, and pliable in, in the in the aspect of influence. Um, and I, I I used to just kind of leave the preaching to the teenagers on the issue of peer pressure. But I've learned over the years that adults suffer from this too. Uh, there are many times that uh, we act, we act or react, <laughs> we either act or react because we are concerned what someone may think about us. And our Christian life ought never to be determined. The way we're living ought never be determined because we're fearful what someone else may think of us. We don't have anything to prove to them. But we do have one person in our life that we are to please. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And Him alone. He is our only consideration. And if we're going to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might, if we're going to be steadfast and unmovable, we need to... We need to determine some things in our heart, in our life, that will help us to follow after a path of godliness and righteousness. And in order to do that, we cannot and we must not be swayed uh, by the influence of those around us, the men and women. Now, if you get godly friends around you to help encourage you, I think that's fine. But at the end of the day, you are not here to please them. You are here to please the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is our priority. Number nine, or whatever, number eight, I think we're on. Uh, we need to determine to show compassion and love to the lost. We need to determine in our lives to show compassion and love to the lost. In the day we live, there is such a uh, laying aside of uh, a burden for those that are lost. And there's, it's amazing to me how many Christians can be associated with people who are known to be lost and there's no, seemingly no concern for that. There's never a time that they um, enter into a conversation with the person about the things of the Lord. There's never a time that they 
seem to be concerned about those things. They just always seem to take the friendship for granted or the, uh, um, the association for granted, whether it be in a workplace or whatever. And they never seem to take the opportunity to share the gospel with them. Uh, we need to determine in our hearts that we have compassion and love, a burden for those that are lost. I think it's something that ought to characterize us as Christians. Number ten, or number uh, eight, uh, number nine we're on, I guess. Whatever number we're on. I'll just say next. Uh, we need to pray, determine in our lives to pray daily for God's wisdom. We need to determine in our lives to pray daily for God's wisdom. You don't need to expound on that one. That was fairly self-explanatory. Uh, but something that, believe it or not, is so simple, is so often neglected uh, in our lives. Number next, whatever we're on. We need to be determined to be more concerned with being a friend than having a friend. We need to be determined in our lives to be more concerned with being a friend than having a friend. Um the Bible tells us that we're supposed to uh, be in the world, but not of the world. Uh, but we've got to be able to come into contact with folks. We cannot be a recluse. We cannot be socially uh, a hermit and expect to reach people with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, so keep this in mind. Number uh, whatever next one we're on. <clears throat> be determined not to give place to rumor slander, or innuendos. Boy, this is a tough one. If I'm going to stand fast in the Lord and, uh, and be strong in the Lord and the power of His might, if I'm going to be a Christian that returns to a life of Christian and spiritual integrity, I've got to be able to overcome the idea of uh, uh, rumors and slander that's given around, whether verbally or typed on a screen. And I don't mean to be unkind, but it's amazing how many things we are willing to type behind a closed door on a computer that we would never say publicly, and yet it's out there. And as God's people, it ought not to be something that uh, we dabble with or be uh, consumed with. And so be very, very careful of these things. <coughs> not to give place to rumor, slander, or innuendos. The next one. We need to determine to approach the Christian life as a student rather than a professor. We need to be determined to approach the Christian life as a student rather than a professor. I'm not saying that we can never teach somebody anything, but we ought always to have the mindset of someone learning how to be more like Christ. Be teachable. Be be sensitive to what God would teach us to do. As He gives you things and as you grow, um, it will automatically happen that you'll teach some things, but don't have the mindset of always going around teaching folks Here's how you do things, and then in your own life, you're not growing yourself. You're not, you're not uh, becoming more like Christ. And then lastly, be determined to be a good steward of all that Christ has given us, whether it be our time or our physical resources, whether it be our physical health, whether it be our ability to serve Him, whatever it is that He has entrusted to us, let's make sure that we are good stewards of it. And that includes the handling of His Word. He's given to us the most precious thing that He has, and that is uh, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and His Word to hold in our hands, in our language, to be able to read it and study it any time we want. And we want to make sure that we are good stewards in every area 
So if we're going to be strong in the power of His might, I think these are some practical things. They certainly are not exhaustive. We could go on and on. Um, you can come up with your own list if you like, and maybe this will just help get you started. But uh, these are things that we ought to purpose and determine in our hearts and our lives that we're going to put into practice and we're going to evaluate them regularly. And when we begin to slip from them, begin to decline from them to say, uh, I need to repent of that and get back on it and, and start up, dust ourselves off and, and climb back on the horse again and keep going. Uh, it is vital. Folks, our world is, is in, I don't, I'm not telling you anything new, you know it. Our world is in dire straits for some Christians to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. And so let's determine, let's purpose in our hearts. We're going to make a difference. We're going to be salt once again. And we're going to be light once again. And want to challenge you in that. Let's stand together. We'll be dismissed in prayer. Thank you all for your patience with the heat. And uh, we will, Lord willing, have that fixed by Wednesday. And uh, if not, we'll sweat through another service. And be, thank, be even that much more thankful when it gets repaired. Let's pray together. Father, we're thankful for your word, for the time of fellowship, Lord, the sweetness uh, of spending time with your folks and uh, certainly around um, your word to be able to learn the truth of it, to have it show us and teach us things. And so, Father, help us, I pray.